Welcome back to this week's episode of the One Play Sports Podcast. My name is David Hevener, and I'm the host of the show. This week, we have another really exciting episode with a really great guest. And if you're following the podcast on social media, you already know what this guest is going to be talking about today. But before I get into that interview, I quickly want to recap what's happened in the sports world from this past week. First off, let's head down to the NBA bubble in Orlando, Florida for one last time. The LA Lakers clinched their franchise's 17th championship in a game six blowout of the Miami Heat. The Lakers have now tied the Boston Celtics for the most championships between any NBA franchise in history. LeBron James was named the finals MVP for the fourth time in his 17-year career. The Heat had an incredible season and it's sad that it couldn't end the way that they wanted to. Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and all the other pieces down in Miami are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future for sure. The WNBA also crowned their new champion this past week. The Seattle Storm won their fourth championship in franchise history. Brianna Stewart was named the MVP of that finals after averaging 28 points per game in that series. Even though the NHL playoffs are finally over, there's still a lot going on in the hockey world. When NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman was giving the Tampa Bay Lightning the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe Trophy, he announced that the NHL had a target start date for the new season for January 1st of next year. That is all obviously tentative right now, but that's just the general time frame that the league wants to start the next NHL season. The NHL draft was also this past week, and the New York Rangers took Alexi Lafreniere with the number one overall pick. NHL free agency also started last Friday as well, and there have been a ton of notable signings around the league already so far. Former Capitals goaltender Braden Holpe signed a two-year $8.6 million deal with the Vancouver Canucks, and the Capitals were able to re-sign defenseman Brendan Dillon that they acquired at the trade deadline last year to a four-year $15.6 million deal. The Capitals were also able to sign Pittsburgh defenseman Justin Schultz and former Rangers goaltender Henrik Lundqvist, along with a few other players. The top free agent of this year's free agent class, Alex Petrangelo, just inked a massive seven-year deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. Petrangelo was the former captain of the 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Former Boston Bruins defenseman Tory Krug inked a seven-year deal with the St. Louis Blues, which led to the departure of Alex Petrangelo. And former Hart Trophy winner Taylor Hall signed a one-year $8 million deal with the Buffalo Sabres. The Dallas Stars signed goaltender Antoine Hudobin to a three-year deal, and the Vegas Golden Knights signed goalie Robin Leonard to a five-year deal. Former Lightning defenseman and all-star Kevin Shattenkirk also signed a three-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks. These are just a few of the notable free agent signings that have gone around the league so far in free agency. I'll keep you updated as more happen throughout the offseason. The MLB is in the league championship series part of their postseason. The Tampa Bay Rays are taking on the Houston Astros and the ALCS at Petco Park in San Diego, California. And the LA Dodgers are taking on the Atlanta Braves and the NLCS at Global Life Park in Arlington, Texas. The Tampa Bay Rays knocked off the New York Yankees in an awesome five-game series. And the Houston Astros took three or four games from the Oakland Athletics to get to the ALCS. In the NLDS, both the Atlanta Braves and the LA Dodgers swept their opponents. The Atlanta Braves took care of the Miami Marlins in three games, and the San Diego Padres were taken care of by the LA Dodgers in three games as well. 
The Rays currently have a 2 to nothing series lead over the Astros in the ALCS. And Game 1 of the NLCS is currently underway as I'm recording this. The Atlanta Braves have a one nothing lead in the top of the first. Week 5 NFL action took place this week as well. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott ended up suffering a gruesome leg injury in the Cowboys win versus the New York Giants. He suffered a compound ankle fracture and dislocation. He had a successful surgery on Sunday night in Dallas and I wish Dak nothing but the best and a speedy recovery and hope to see him on the field again at some point soon. And in a kind of an opposite way, the Washington football quarterback Alex Smith saw action for the first time on a football field since his gruesome leg injury against the Houston Texans in November of 2018. His family was able to be there in the stands to be able to witness his return in person and it was something that was really awesome to see. The game that was supposed to take place between the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots on Sunday at 425 got postponed to the following week because of the Patriots having another COVID case this past weekend. That totals three COVID cases for the New England Patriots so far, including quarterback Cam Newton and former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore should be good to go for next week's game against the Broncos. The Las Vegas Raiders went into Arrowhead Stadium and upset the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs with a 40-32 to win. And the Pittsburgh Steelers also defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in the Battle of Pennsylvania on Sunday with a 38-29 to win. The Dolphins also upset the 49ers 43-17 to on the road in San Francisco. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo ended up getting benched at halftime for backup QB C.J. Beathard. Russell Wilson also led the Seahawks from behind for a 20-7-26 victory against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football. Those were some of the key matchups from around the NFL this past week. There was another exciting week of college football this past week as well. Number two, Alabama beat Ole Miss in a Big 12-style shootout with a final score of 63-48. to Number 21, Texas A&M beat number four, Florida at home 41-38. The number one team in the nation, Clemson, beat up the number seven, Miami, 42-17. to Number eight, North Carolina, which is a surprise because we're not talking about college basketball. We're actually talking about football. They ended up beating the number 19 team, Virginia Tech, 56 to 45. And unranked Missouri ended up upsetting the number 17 and the defending college football champion, LSU Tigers, by winning 45 to 41. And number 22, Texas, ended up falling to the unranked Oklahoma Sooners in a four overtime showdown with the final score of 53 to 45. And my Liberty Flames beat ULM 40 to 7 on Saturday. The Flames also received their first ever votes in the AP Top 25 poll in program history this past week for being Top 25 in the FBS since their jump to the FBS two years ago. The Flames are heading up to Syracuse University on Saturday to the Carrier Dome to take on a tough ACC opponent in Syracuse. The Flames are, however, a 3.5 favorite in that game, so we'll see how that goes. That's been a recap of what went on in the sports world this past week. And with that being said, let's get into the interview.
one of the best things about covering sports is the stories that are able to be told through covering them. Every arena and stadium has iconic stories about what has happened in them. Spectators can also have stories attached to them as well. If you are a Red Sox fan and have been one for a while, you are probably familiar with this story. For the listeners that are not from the Boston area, Patriots Day is celebrated every year on a Monday to remember the beginning of the Revolutionary War at the Battle of Lexington and Concord, which was on April 19, 1775. Everyone gets the day off from work and it is a big holiday in the New England area. The Boston Marathon is always run on that Monday as well. Along with the marathon going on that day, the Red Sox always have a home game on that Monday that always has an 11 a.m. start time because that's around the same time as the Boston Marathon. Marathon. Well, on a Monday in 2007, there was an incident in the stands that left Nesson announcers Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy speechless. There were very few instances where that ever happened, but this is one of them. I will let today's guest share as to actually what happened, but before I do that, I want to welcome him to the show. Please welcome to the show, Dan Kelly. Thanks for having me, David. Before we get into the situation as to what happened at Fenway, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little bit? Yeah, hey, David. I'm an old man now. I'm 48, but um, I'm married. We got two kids. Uh, Caitlin's uh, 15, Joe's 12. Caitlin's an Irish step dancer. Joe's a football player, and um, we still love sports. So thanks again for having us on. Of course. So before we get into what happened on that Marathon Monday at Fenway, I want to ask the question, what does Patriots Day mean to somebody from Boston? Because it's a holiday. It's only celebrated in Massachusetts and Maine because Maine was a part or the land that is now Maine was a part of Massachusetts at the time. So for somebody listening from maybe the South or the West Coast or the Midwest, they might not be familiar with the Patriots Day holiday. So what does it mean to somebody that lives in Massachusetts? Yeah, that's a good trivia question, by the way. Uh, Maine and Massachusetts were the same commonwealth a million years ago. So uh, well put there, David. But um, yeah, uh, growing up, uh, Patriots Day was an extra day off. And we were excited because we thought it was named after the New England Patriots, which we all love. But uh, no, after 9-11, we learned that a little differently. Yeah. And um, boom, into the towers. And we, uh, we learned that Patriots were the, the first responders in our military. And uh, we, we respected that. So um, that day off meant a lot more to us after then. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Before we get into talking about what happened at Fenway Park that day, I just want to play a quick soundbite from the Nesson broadcast of that game that'll kind of give a little intro as to what happened. And here goes... <laughs> pizza! One more look in slow motion if we can, and here's the Patriot. Here it comes! This, I'm going to throw my pizza! That is not tolerated in this ballpark. He has been ejected and never again allowed to buy pizza. Ooh! Oh, there it is. There it is. Someone should put that in a bag and I'll tell you take what. that away to make sure that they secure the evidence. Yeah, you know, Horatio Kane of exactly. CSI Miami will be here soon to collect the evidence. So, do you know who the Red Sox were playing that day? They were playing the Anaheim Angels. So, like, what was going on and, like, what led to the incident and, like, what was going through your mind during the whole thing? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Messing with you, David. I was like, uh, okay. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, um, it was an early start to the game. It's 11 a.m. start, which is the earliest start of any baseball game ever. So people show up early, and uh, the bars are open early, and we get breakfast in the bars. 
and uh, libations in the bars. But on this day, it was a rain delay. So as opposed to starting at 11, it actually started around 2. So everybody stuck around in the pubs and the, uh, the restaurants and it's only one thing to do and, and eat and drink. So uh, by the time the game started, there was a lot of um, happy people in the park. And some people get happy one way, some people get happy the other way. But uh, long story short, you know, halfway through the game, I was in with my wife and my best friends in the whole wide world. We do the Patriots Day game every year. And um, there was a uh, gentleman with his girlfriend that were uh, right on the, uh, the left field wall that were not being the friendly Fenway people. Um, a lot of interesting language and they were yelling at people and we told them hey this is friendly fenway come on calm down and they didn't like it so there was some bickering from different sections mm-hmm. uh, between our section and theirs and um so i in between innings i gave myself a break so i went to, i was hungry i went and got my wife and i something to eat and i got a couple of slices of pizza and the uh the person serving the slices said hey for a couple extra dollars you can have the whole pie so i said why not i'll have the whole pie because i got a few extra friends with me so i brought it back to the stands and i'm delivering the the slices to my wife and my friends and the guy over on the other section i believe his name is jason screamed over hey give me one of those and i said no get your own and he says you stole that you brought it in fenway doesn't serve pizza i said yes they do and um he got distracted by a foul ball like I said, they were playing the Anaheim Angels. So uh, Garrett Anderson comes in to catch a fly ball right in front of them. Like I said, they're on the left field side. And uh, they're holding their beers, him and his friend and his girlfriend. And the glove comes in and spills the beers all over him. If you can see the video, it's pretty funny. And something clicked in my head. Bad idea. And... Uh, I did give him that slice of pizza that he asked for, free delivery. How far away was he from you? Like a couple seats over or how far? It's about 300 yards. No, just yeah. kidding. Yeah, no, it was probably um, probably 30 feet. Yeah. Oh. So it was an end over end throw. I was very proud of it. Great accuracy on that throw for sure. Yeah. But um, who knows, the Patriots could have used you last week with the quarterback situation. The <laughs> Great point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take over for Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that was a mess and a half um so what ended up happening after that incident so my uh the ironic thing is my wife didn't even realize what happened she was joking with somebody else next to her probably my friend rich or adam or uh the security threw me out and uh as they should you know i threw some, something at someone and uh no i did not give any uh problem to that so as they let us out um they asked for my name and all that. I gave it to them, and um, yeah, that was it. Did you end up getting like kicked out of Fenway for like an extended period of time, or was it just that game? Or yeah, it was just that game. I think because I cooperated so well. Yeah. Um, the ironic thing is, we went to the Cask and Flagon, which is right next door, to watch the end of the game and have another beer. Yeah. And um, by that point, they had stopped replaying the incident, so we we still had no idea that you know that it had even made the it on TV. We just thought that some security got sorry and threw us out. So, um, you know, my friend called me and, or texted me and said, Hey, 
come and meet us at Game On, which is across the street from the cask and flagon, and said, sure, you know, we'll do that at the end of the game. And so we did, and just thinking we'd, we'd meet our friends quietly in the corner, and we walked down the stairs to the cask and flagon, and somebody pointed at me, and the DJ stopped the music, and all the video screens that the cask and flagon was, were displaying a replay of the, the pizza toss. Mm-hmm. So only at that moment did I know that uh, it was something caught on camera. I mean, every year I see an April. So like every April I'll see something online. It's like so many years ago today was the anniversary of the uh, pizza tossing at Fenway. I'll still see stuff posted about it. And then you were also able to do an interview because I know you went to another game and one of your friends had a sign. It was like, I'm here with the pizza thrower. How many years ago later did you end up doing the interview that made it on nothing yeah uh, good question so uh, a couple things happened in between so um uh, a couple years after the incident i actually gave myself a dope slap and said hey it's time to get in shape don't don't be one of those guys with a dad bod. So I got in training and decided to uh, run the Boston Marathon. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I happened to pick the year with the hottest Boston Marathon on record. It was 91 degrees. Jeez. <laughs> so I, I had actually trained to finish it under four hours, but it, it took me a little over five, uh, which stunk and. You know, passed out on the top of Heartbreak Hill, and you know it was literally downhill from there. So I was able to finish. But um, uh, during that time, I was running. I was thinking of my best friend Rich King that had uh, a sign mm-hmm. that said uh, the Pizza Trekkers running the marathon. So uh, you know that got on the screen at Nesson, and Jerry and Don got a little chuckle again on that and um you know hey i finished (laughs) that's awesome i mean hey at least you did it i mean i don't know many people that are able to do that i mean i know personally i don't think i'd have the drive to train for for, to run that much but hey when i was young i thought the same thing but still got time david so what was training for the marathon like how long did that take you overall uh probably probably eight months you know you know you do a 5k you do a 10k you do a half mm-hmm. the difference between a half marathon and a full marathon is crazy um, oh, I bet. so yeah my, my friend dick simmons says to me all the time he goes geez i don't even like driving 26.2 miles let alone running <laughs> but that's cool to be able to say you got to run one of the most iconic races or road races so and then i know that you were also able to use the pizza chucking for a uh, fundraiser for when you were running the marathon as well yeah uh, good question um i did um you know it's funny uh because oddly enough i'm not i didn't qualify to run for the marathon with my slackless speed but um so if you don't qualify you gotta raise a ton of money how much do you have to raise uh, when i was running it was five thousand bucks so um, I was lucky enough to have some good friends in comedy. Uh, Christine Hurley and John Turco did a comedy show with me. And, um, you know, at the end, we also had um, buy a slice of pizza and, and throw it back at the pizza checker. And I asked them to do that at the beginning of the show before people had beers. But no, they chose to do that at the end of the show. So I got a lot of haymakers to my face and I think I still got a few scars across me, but hey, it was all for the you know, New England Patriots Charitable Foundation, so. That's awesome. 
So, of all the Boston professional sports teams, which one is your favorite to attend a game? Or what's your favorite atmosphere in Boston for sports-wise? So, of all the, the sports teams to attend a game, there's nothing like uh, going Sunday morning in, uh, in South Boston to, to witness a cricket game. It's so lovely. No, I'm just kidding. Um, sorry, uh, the Red Sox. Uh, there's nothing better than going to a Patriots game. Amen. There's uh, 80-something games home games a year for the Red Sox. There's only eight, eight. home games a season for the Patriots. So Yeah, there's nothing like it. And definitely being after being able to, obviously Brady's not here anymore, but just being able to witness him play live was something. Hey, Brady's great. not here anymore? No, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> so when he knew when he knew how many downs were in a uh in a drive so uh but yeah just being able to the patriots atmosphere is unlike any other with the whole tailgating and then obviously the game oh, amen so i've got a couple quick getting to know you questions and then we'll wrap it up for the first one what's your favorite place that you've ever traveled to uh, it's gotta be ireland pal um my wife's from ireland and we go there once or twice a year and the people are amazing great wit friendly and yeah beautiful country yeah i've heard it's beautiful one place that i want to hit up at some point um favorite food so the one thing red Auerbach and i have in common is uh chinese food it goes right through me but i'll, I'll eat it every day if i'm able to Oh, wow. That's awesome. You could have a meal with one person, past or present. Who would it be and why? Uh, good question. Um, you know, as far as integrity goes, I'd love to tell you Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or Jesus Christ. But um, if you said lunch, right? Or any meal. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's not enough time to, to steer me in the right direction. So I want to have some fun. And I would, uh, let's say Robin Williams, you know? Oh, yeah. He all the spots. He's, uh, he's a good dude. He did a lot for the troops. And especially now during COVID, he had, um, he had some, uh, some issues mentally. Yeah. But I think we got to all look out for each other right now. Oh, definitely. And uh, you know, people like him uh, can be unseen. Uh, but, you know, probably one of the funniest men that ever lived the earth and that's why I loved him he made me laugh that's awesome what's your favorite sports moment that you've witnessed in person I've been lucky enough to be at a ton but um, you know what I was actually um, I was actually at the game that uh, Brady played his first snap. Um, Drew Bledsoe was playing and he was our man and Mo Lewis from the Jets took him out and yeah like, you know, who's this guy number 12 and we looked at our, uh, our form like oh Brady, you stink. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's an ironic sports moment, but probably the coolest sports moment I've ever been in. That's crazy. No idea what was to come for those 20, right. 19 years. But what's your favorite movie? Hands down, Dumb and Dumber. It's a great movie. Farley Brothers. What's one thing on your bucket list that you still want to do or accomplish? So, yeah, I'd love to go to the Far East. I'd love to cruise the Mediterranean, and God willing, those will happen. But, um, you know, the most important thing in my life would uh, be to wake up in 15 years and see my kiddos have uh, accomplished great things and continued on their quest of being good people and doing good things for people. That's awesome. Do you have any, like, weird stories, like celebrity encounters or any, or just a wild story about something that's happened to you? 
so yeah, uh, I've been lucky enough to to brush elbows with a lot of people just randomly. I'm like the Forrest Gump of the world. We were actually uh, we took our boat to Newport a, f- a few weeks ago, and we got sat next to uh, Jay Leno, which was which was a riot. And my kids had no idea who he was, so like you know, go away, sit somewhere else. But anyway, uh, but my my favorite absolute favorite uh, celebrity moment has got to be after a Patriots game we were, um, we went to Chicago Soldiers Field to see the Patriots play uh, you know the, the Bears mm-hmm. meet some friends there that live there and we're there all weekend and you know after the game time to go back to the hotel and, and crash and uh, my wife grabbed me and slapped me and said hey it's our last night out without the kids Dan Kelly you will get up and you will rally and we will go out and have fun so we went out and um, we wanted to go to this piano bar and it was snowing like heck it was a big snow game for the Patriots and the Patriots won for the record and um, we go to this place called Howl at the Moon and there's about an hour wait to get in and it's snowing out like I said some were like we're not waiting in that line so there's lines everywhere and except for this one dive bar called uh, Snickers Snoodles Snickers something like that in downtown Chicago and uh, we walk in and there's about eight people in there and there's one guy sitting at the bar all by himself and it's Larry Bird wow number 33 Larry Bird and uh, you know I'm not gonna take your whole podcast away with the story, but I can write a book about my encounter with him. And he spent a good hour with me. Uh, He heard I was from Boston and I was shaking talking to him, but he's my hero and I met him. Life is good. I bet you're glad you went out. Listen to your wife. Yeah, so Selena, thank you. <laughs> That's crazy. How long did it take you to realize before it was him? Like you knew immediately or? Immediately, yeah. But I had to calm down and had to get some oxygen before I went up and talked to him. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy. Um, And then what's your favorite part about living in Massachusetts? Uh, another good question. Uh, probably, you know, as trite as this sounds, the season's you know, we're transitioning from uh, summer to fall right now, but it's still a beautiful day out. And, you know, I get some friends that live all over parts of the country and it's always the same. So I think we're spoiled here in Massachusetts and New England to have, uh, you know, all the different changes and seasons that we got. For sure. Well, that's going to wrap up today's interview. I really appreciate you, Dan, for coming on the show to talk about the infamous pizza tossing at Fenway. I know that everybody's going to really enjoy hearing about it. I know that hearing an inside perspective on that is something that the listeners are going to really enjoy. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, David. Really appreciate it, pal. It was good talking to you, too. You, too. All the best. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. 
Thank you again, Dan, for coming on the show and doing the interview. If you're listening, it was really fun to talk to you and hear about the insider perspective about that infamous moment that happened at Fenway Park. It's a great story and I was really glad that I was able to share it. So thank you again. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode of the podcast. I've got a really exciting guest coming on the show. All I'm going to say for right now is that if you've watched something on ESPN, the person coming on my show has most likely had his hand on it in some way. He is one of ESPN's premier directors and all my broadcast people are going to love this interview for sure. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Every rating helps a ton and it would mean a lot to me personally. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media platforms for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you all next time with another great episode. Ooh.